So the Sikha is Mkhilak Tezvav, Sikha Vasara Betevis, where the Rebbe is explaining the meaning, the true meaning of the fast day of Asara Betevis, especially in connection with when it will be transformed to a Yamtev during the time of Mashiach, and also the connection to Parshas Vayigash. So if we can try now just to explore some of the points. We won't go over everything over the Sikha, just to explore a few ideas that are expressed in the Sikha and to uh, go expound upon them a little bit more. And especially, and most importantly, with regards to everything we learn, and especially when we're learning Chassidus and the Rebbe's Torah, what is the practical lesson for us in general and specifically in our times when, as we're told by the Rebbe, we have one job, one mission, and one mission only, which is to greet Mashiach, to prepare ourselves and the world to greet Mashiach and to actually and practically greet Mashiach. What is our lesson? And more than that, what the Rebbe tells us is that the Geula is here, Mashiach is here, and all we have to do is open our eyes, which means that everything of in our lives, everything we learn, everything we do, everything that happens, and in our situation, what we're learning about, and also practically, the fast day which with Hashem's help, this year already will be transformed, but even the concept of fasting itself, how that leads and brings us to open our eyes and see Mashiach in order to be able to, ha- to, to live it in reality and in actuality. So the Rebbe starts with the connection between Asara B'Tevis the Rebbe mentions the Shalah Kaddish, that every single fast day specifically is connected to the Parsha of the week, which is both the Parsha of the week before, as usual, Parsha's Vayigash is the week before, and as the Rebbe points out, that it used to be the custom in Shul's that they would announce the week before the fast day, this coming week on this and this day is a fast day, may we merit to see the fulfillment of the promise of the prophecy that it should be transformed to joy. And the week right after, like this year, where it's we go straight from Asara B'tevis to Parshas Vayigash. In Parshas Vayigash, we see an amazing concept. As in every Parsha, there's the Parsha and there's the Aftoida. And here the Rebbe points out an idea, which we'll try to expound on this concept a little bit. There's a Parsha and there's a Haftoira. The word Haftoira, as the Rebbe explains elsewhere, comes from the word Maftirin. Maftirin means to move from one thing to the other. We move from the Torah Shebiksav, as it is in Chumash, to the Torah Shebiksav, but as it is in the words of Nevim. The Rebbe explains in many places what the Rambam writes, and that is 
The Hamisha Chumshe Teira, the Teiras Moshe, that's the basis. That's the point. That's where everything is included in a way of Chachma. As the Altareb also points that out in the famous Maimar of Adarta Pnezaki, and it's hidden. Inside the words of the Teira, everything is there. But it's all there in a way of Alma Discasio. It's hidden, it's covered up. The Nevi'im, as the Rambam writes, are coming They're not coming to teach anything new. And as we'll see soon a little bit more, that concept. They're not coming to teach anything new. A Navi is forbidden to make any new thing. It's only to reveal that which is there in the Torah. But if we look at it in a more specific way, most of the Nevoah, and as the Rambam writes, all the books of the Nevoah are filled with the concept of Mashiach. Mashiach is the, Galus is a dream. And in the Chumash, in Teirah Shebeksav, it's written in a way where it's still in the world, in the hidden world where we don't see the how it, how it expresses itself in the actuality of Gula. The Nevi'im bring out the ideas and they bring it out in a Gula way. Gula meaning uncover, redeem that which is still in a way of concealment of hidden. So we have, as in every Parsha, we have the Parsha of Vayigash and we have the Haftarah of Vayigash. Interestingly enough, as the Rebbe points out elsewhere, the Haftarah was made, the concept of reading Haftarah was made during the darkest time of Gaulus, when there was a decree of the enemies of the Jews, the Romans, and other times of, that they weren't allowed to study Torah. So they said, instead we'll, we'll read the Nevi'im, which are connected to the Parsha, and when the, the, the Goyim asked, what are we doing? We're only telling stories. And so it was the darkness of Galus, the decrees of Galus, the concealment of Galus that brought out the concept of Haftarah. But what is the concept of Haftarah that's bringing out what is there in the Parsha? But in the Parsha, it's in a hidden way and then Haftarah becomes revealed. Let's look at the Parsha and the Haftarah of Vayigash. Now the truth is, if we'll even look at the Parsha itself of Vayigash. Vayigash, I love Yehuda. Yehuda approaches Yosef. He approaches Yosef, begging him to free Binyamin, whom he's holding hostage. Yosef is holding doesn't want to let Binyamin go free, and Yehuda has to beg him. That shows on a concept of Gullus. Gullus, because it's the most unlikely thing here, you have the children of Yaakov Avinu. The whole world stands on them. Yehuda, the king, and he has to beg before whom he sees as a ruler, as a non-Jewish ruler, 
beg for the life of his brother of Binyamin, for the freedom of his brother of Binyamin. That's the outward idea of what it seems in the Parsha. And yet even in the Parsha itself, the real concept of it is something else. Number one, it's really Yosef HaTzadik who he's speaking to. It's really Yosef HaTzadik who's the ruler over Mitzrayim, over the whole civilized world at the time. Maishel Bekipa. The Yosef HaTzadik who's looking for the good of his brothers. And more than that, as the Rebbe points out, Yehuda himself behaved and acted in the most unbelievable show of power by the fact that he had such chutzpah to go over and to actually go and fight a war and threaten the ruler whom he thought was the ruler of, of the non-Jewish ruler. So that's the two opposites even in the Parsha. But let's even take it a step further. What's happening over here? Vayiga Sheilov Yehuda. In the Parsha, Yosef reveals himself to his brothers. Amazing. And yet this is what the beginning of what brings out the Golos of Mitzrayim. So it's a mixture of Golos and Gula because it brings the beginning of Golos Mitzrayim. It's what causes Yaakov Avinu to come down with his entire family to Mitzrayim and eventually to lead to the 210 years of slavery in Mitzrayim. And yet if we'll look even deeper, what it's really doing, number one, is accomplishing Hashem's master plan of preparing us to receive the Torah, which is preparing the world for its ultimate redemption, for its ultimate perfection, because Matan Torah is the beginning of bringing the world to its completion to fulfill the mission of the purpose of creation. And moreover, even in the simple sense, it's Yosef being the ruler of Mitzrayim, bringing Yaakov Avinu down to Mitzrayim rather than in chains of iron as he would have to because there was a decree to come down to Mitzrayim, rather than that, bringing him down in the great honor and glory. And similarly, in Galos Mitzrayim itself, there's constantly that reminder of Yosef which helps weaken, to a certain extent, the slavery and the hardship and the suffering in Mitzrayim. So here again we have that mixture of Galus and Gola, of the outward, what seems to be outwardly and what's there in the inner essence of what it's really all about. The Aftoira, which is the Aftoira here because it's the Aftoira that talks about also the connection between Yosef and Yehuda. The connection between Yosef and Yehuda in the time of Mashiach, when it's ultimately not Yehuda begging Yosef, but rather Yehuda, David, Amelech, Mashiach, ruling over all the Shvatim, including Yosef. That Vayigashel of Yehuda, which in the Parsha is Yehuda 
bowing before whom he thinks is a non-Jewish king, or even in reality bowing before Yosef. And yet in the Torah, once again, the connection between Yehuda and Yosef in a way that it brings out the ultimate rule of Mashiach over the entire Jewish people, which is the ultimate of, of, of what everything's all about. But let's look even at that in a little bit of a deeper sense. What is the essence of the Haftarah? It's bringing to a close a saga which has in it outwardly once again the most terrible gullus but deep inside, this is a necessary step, and not only that, in it itself is the ultimate of Gola. And what is that? In the time of after David and Shloimai, David and Shloimai, who are the ones who Mashiach comes from, Mizera David, and as the Rambam also writes, Mizera Shloimai. Right after that, the kingdom is split. The kingdom is split in a way that most of the Jewish people are based in the capital city of Shomron. They're following the king who comes from, the first king at least was Yeravim ben who came from Yosef. And only two Shvatim are in Yerushalayim, Yehuda and Binyamin following the king who comes from the family of David HaMelech. Seemingly, gullus, division, internal politics, civil war amongst the Jewish people, and even more, the split of rather than everyone following the kingdom that comes from David HaMelech, of there being a split between the two kingdoms of the, amongst the Jewish people. And if we'll go even deeper, something that brought Yeravim ben Nevat, who was one of the most terrible kings leading everyone to worship idols, to worship, to go away from Hashem, not to go three times a year to the Beis HaMikdash. Even further in the lineage, Achav, who is the worst idol worshiper around, blood, destructions, war, Gullus. And yet, we find something very interesting. The Rebbe says that Achiashiloini was the one who came to teach the Balshemtev. The Balshemtev is the one who's setting the way, who's beginning the path of Chsidis, which brings the coming of Mashiach. Who comes to teach him Achiyah Shiloini, the very same Navi, 
who was the one who appointed Yeravam ben Avat, who Hashem told him to appoint Yeravam ben Avat as king over Israel, who was responsible for doing the shlichas, the mission sent by Hashem of splitting the kingdom. Why? Simply, he was the one who brought the onset of the Galus. He's the one who brings the ultimate of the Gola. Deeper, he was the one who brought the necessary steps of the split amongst the Jewish people. That split which created two paths, which created two necessary kingdoms, which through them there will come the ultimate unification of the kingdoms in the coming of Mashiach. Moreover, there's something that's explained by many of, by some of the Mefarshim of Tanakh, the Abarmanel, the Malbim. The Rebbe explains it also in one of the Sikhs. And that is that the two kingdoms actually express themselves in the ultimate redemption. Because in the ultimate redemption we know that there's Mashiach ben Yosef, as it's explained in Chazal, even though in the Rambam Salachas he doesn't mention about Mashiach ben Yosef, which the Rebbe speaks about that idea, but the idea in Chazal, they speak about Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. Mashiach ben Yosef who prepares for the redemption, Mashiach ben David who brings about the ultimate redemption. These two kingdoms aren't just two kingdoms that we're saying, okay, there no longer will be two kingdoms. These two kingdoms will express themselves in the end, in the coming of Mashiach with Yosef and David. The one preparing, bringing about the state of redemption and the one finally bringing that completion which that's David Avdi Nasi Lahem Lailam, when David Amalek is king over the Jewish people, when Mashiach who comes from David is the eternal king over the Jewish people forever. What we see here is an amazing thing. And that amazing thing is what the Rebbe explains and what the Rebbe brings out over here, and that is. Gullus is not only a necessary evil, and Mashiach is the, the, the culmination, or Mashiach is the, the way that we, the way out, the redemption from that evil. Or in other words, Gullus being the dream, Mashiach, being the interpretation of the dream, but that means that Gullus is actually where it's hidden, as we said with the Parsha and the Ftaira, but as it's Gullus is what's hidden. Mashiach reveals what's hidden and brings it to its completion by bringing it out, and therefore, even in the last moments, even in the moment now when we are still in Gullus, for the last seconds that we're in Gullus. It's not only, okay, we're in Gullus, let's get out of it and go to Mashiach. 
we're in Galus, we have to reveal and see and recognize the redemption in Mashiach in that Galus. And that's the idea of the Parsha and the Aftarah. Or both of them, or the whole idea of these concepts of the Galus and the Geula, the Geula being the interpretation of the Galus, and therefore our Galus being in a way that brings to that completion and culmination. Now, that concept of the Aftarah and the Parsh of Yosef and Yehuda. The Rebbe now brings it out also with the fast of Asara Beteves. First of all, simply by the idea of fasts, because the Rebbe asks the question, why does the tour, who doesn't usually speak about what's going to happen in the time of Mashiach, he talks about the Allah of now. Why does the tour in the end of Hilchis Tainis, say that when Mashiach comes, the fasts are going to be transformed. I'll transform their evil. I'll transform their mourning into joy. And those who learned the sikha learned it inside. I'm not going to go through all the parts and the points of the sikha, but just bring out, hopefully, a little bit the concepts of what the Rebbe is telling us. Why does the tour talk about it? Why does the Rambam in the beginning of Hilchistainis say that a fast is from the ways of Tshuva and end off Hilchistainis with saying that the, the fast days will be transformed? And the Rebbe says because the point of a fast day is its transformation. And that's what the Rambam says in the beginning. A tainis is midarke a tshuva. A fast day is part of tshuva. Which means the whole point of it is to reach the purpose of the fast day, which is that it will be transformed. So it's not just we're talking about what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. We're talking about how to look at a fast day now. That the whole idea of the fast day is to bring to this transformation. And in other words, something that the Rebbe brings in the footnote, the Rebbe brings a question of the Chassam Soifer. In the Chubas of the Chassam Sefer, the Chassam Sefer asks a very interesting question. He's discussing something that we started to talk about before. That is that a Navi, a Navi Rashoy Lachadesh Davar. A Navi can't make new mitzvahs. That's not what he's there for. He's there to help explain to us ideas of what Maishar Rabbeinu says. And so the Chassam Sefer asks a question. How could the Nevi'im establish fast days? A fast day is something that's for all generations, for all times. We have the mitzvahs. We have the Yom that the Torah tells us to establish. We have the Yom Tevim, the Rabbanan, which is also comes from the fact that the Torah tells us to celebrate when Hashem makes a miracle for us. But from where do we get this concept of making a fast day for all times? It's not just, okay, the Navi had an avoid to do it. It has to be something which is based on a concept in the Torah. And so the Chesam Sefer says that there's two ways of looking at a fast day. One way that you can look at it 
is that it's a day of mourning, a day of Avelos, where we're mourning the destructions that happened. The second way to look at it is that it's a day of tshuva, a day where we're trying to fix the issues that brought to the to the, to, to the to the bad things that happened. And so he says, if you look at it as a day of mourning, it's very hard to understand how the Nevi'im had the right to establish a day of mourning for all times. But if you look at it as a day of tshuva, like the some Sefer explains, like the Rebbe also brings out in the Sikha that this is what the Rambam is explaining by saying that the fast is midarki hachuva. He's explaining that the point of the fast day, he's explaining, he's answering a question how is it possible that a fast day is something that we can do? How can a fast day be something that, that, the, that the Nevi'im could do for, could, could establish in, unless other than the fact that the Torah commands us to do tshuva, the Torah commands us to do things to abolish the pain and the suffering, and therefore the ultimate of the fast day is to bring to its transformation. With that, the Echsam Seifer explains and answers another question. And the other question is, okay, so I can understand, he says, the Echsam Seifer, why you make a fast day. But how can the Nevi'im say that it will be a Yamtev when Mashiach comes? What's this new Yamtev? What's the new Yamtev that they're making? And again, Nevi'im can't make a new thing. How do they have that right? And so he says, on the contrary, that's part of it. Part of the fast day is Shuvah, meaning to transform it. And therefore that's a part and parcel of the fast day is its transformation into becoming a yamtiv. And this is where the Rebbe goes at length to explain the concepts of the Rambam and the difference between the Rambam and the Torah. But this is why the Torah himself also puts this as the fast day. Because even when we're fasting, it's not that we're fasting and we're hoping and we're davening that one day this fast day will be transformed into Yom Tif. No. That is part and parcel. That's what the fast day is. The fast day is Midar Ketshuva. And this is where the Rebbe brings out the concepts, the three ideas of Tshuva. Whether Tshuva is to get rid of the sin... Tshuva is to add more in good deeds as a result, or even more than that, Tshuva brings to the transformation of Zdenis Nasalikizachis. The concept of Tshuva, which that's essentially the whole idea of a fast day, and that's essentially the whole idea of Mashiach. Mashiach is coming from Bali Tshuva. Why? Tshuva means the power that Hashem gives, not just to ask forgiveness and to get rid of the sin. Not just, now I'm going to do more. But tshuva, the idea of tshuva is the power that the Abishur gives of taking what I did and transforming it, bringing out the ultimate purpose of the negativity, which is to actually bring me closer to the Abishur. That's what a fast day is.
a fast day is that the concept of the fast day is the power of using the negativity, the destruction that happens, and the fast day is tshuva, is in order to find in it its real truth of what it is, and in that way to be able to transform it. And that's how the Rebbe explains also the Rambam, of why the Rambam doesn't bring the Pasuk that the Tur brings, Vafakti Evlam Lesasen, And although the Rebbe says, and again, in the Sikha, the Rebbe goes on a little bit at length, the idea that Vafakti Evlam Lesasin seemingly has a mile in it, transforming the morning into joy. And like the Rebbe brings from the Psikta Rabba, Ein Simcha Ba Ella B'Tishabav. It's an amazing idea. It's not only Tishabav will be transformed, it will become a Yamtiv. Tishabav in itself, Tishabav of now, the Tishabav of mourning, the Tishabav of fasting, the negativity, the Chorban, the destruction, that is in its ultimate, everything of it is to find in it, to reveal in it, to transform it to the ultimate joy of, of building the Beis HaMikdash. And like the Rebbe goes at length with regards to Tishabav in other places explaining how could the Abishter destroy the Beis HaMikdash if the Abishter keeps all the mitzvahs. Because the whole idea of you're not allowed to destroy a building, period. You're definitely not allowed to destroy a shul and how much more so the Beis HaMikdash. It says if someone destroys even one single stone between the 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 mizbeach and the heichal he gets malchus says leisasun kein l'shem alikichem and here the Hebrews destroyed the whole base of mikdash. So it says destroyed in order to build a bigger building. You're allowed to. The Hebrews destroyed the first base of mikdash in order to build the second. He destroyed the second in order to build the third, which is much greater and much more powerful. So it's it's a part and parcel of the building, but also in our feeling of it, we feel destruction. We feel darkness. We feel a lack of gililukus. It's the fast day is is there not to mourn for what happened. The fast day is there to help us, to give us that power of chuba, to give us the power of recognizing what the destruction really is. The destruction is an ultimate bringing the ultimate gililukus. And that's why the Rambam rather brings the Pasuk of Tsoima Raviv, Tsoima Siri, Yhafe, Yil, Beis Yudel, Assassin, Lasimcha. The Rebbe says there's two ways of looking at it. The one way of looking at it is that in the future we won't have the negativity, we won't have the mourning. So automatically, when you stop mourning, when you stop crying, when you stop having a, 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 a reason for for sadness and it becomes happiness instead. Never said then there's something else. The fast itself, and that's something which is, it's it it makes actually it's beyond sense. The idea that now things are bad, Abishter will make things be good, and when things are good. We'll even celebrate because then things will be good. So we'll even celebrate the day that it all came because 
Instead of a fast, now it's a happy time. But the fact that the fast day itself becomes a happy time, that makes no sense because the fast day was a fast day. That was a negative thing. But ultimately, that's what a fast day is. A fast day ultimately is the fact that the fast day itself becomes a happy time. And the Rebbe says this is with Asara Betevis more than all the other fasts. Asara Betevis is the beginning of it all. And you know, it's interesting. In the Pasuk, there's a Machlekes, even amongst Tanayim, it's a Machlekes, whether it's a Machlekes, whatever it is, whether it's Hey Tevis or Yud Tevis. It's interesting that Parshas Vayigash is always connected to Hey Tevis. Hey Tevis is the ultimate connection between Yosef and Yehuda between Mashiach ben Yosef, the preparation for Gola, the first six Rabbim, and Yehuda, Mashiach ben David, the actual bringing of the Gola and the Deir Shvi, Malchus bringing it down, expressing it with the redeeming of the Svarim, the redeeming of the captives of the Nitzaytas, which are in Golas, but essentially they're the highest place. Redeeming the Svarim, enabling them to fulfill their true purpose. That hate Tavis is transformation. The Rebbe explains the idea of hate Tavis means transformation, that the Gaish court itself, specifically the Gaish court, are the ones that proclaim that. That the Svarim, the Rebbe and the Svarim belong to Chesidim, that everything is there for the Jewish people to do what Hashem's purpose is. To make the Dira Batachten, that's hate Tavis. That same Hey Tevis, that's the day of transformation. And the day of Asara Tevis, which is when we actually have it, the tenth of Tevis, as the Rebbe explains elsewhere, Zia planting that brings to the actual growth. But Asara Tevis is when Samach Melech Bavel al Yerushalayim, that's when the king of Bavel upheld Yerushalayim. He brought it to its ultimate purpose, and like the Rebbe explains at length, that that was brought out with iron, iron shows on the destruction of the base of Mikdash, because he didn't use iron in the base of Mikdash, but iron actually shows on the third base of Mikdash, which will come from iron, from the lowest type of material, barzel, which is usually alludes to, it expresses the idea of klipa, igma lachabashan, it's arsi, eres, barzel. His bed is an iron bed. Iron is, is a concept which is Shivcha Kisirash Gvirta, first Billa, then Rachel, then Zilpa, then Leah. The opposite order. But that opposite order, that's the ultimate transformation. Tshuva, making the world itself. In the third base of Mikdash, there'll be a large quantity of iron. That's all there, Asara Betevis. Asara Betevis is the beginning of all the fasts. Asara Betevis is a time that even if it was on Shabbos, it would fast on Shabbos. This year, we fast on Friday. It goes into Shabbos. Out of Shabbos, a time that usually you shouldn't be dealing with such things as fasting. But on the contrary, it brings it to the Yom Shekulei Shabbos, to the ultimate Shabbos. That's what the Asara Betevis is. So the Asara Betevis, which is the most stringent fast, the most harsh, so to speak, of the fast, the thing that brought everything that followed, all the destruction and gullus, that Asara Betevis is actually the ultimate 
the ultimate transformation, the ultimate time, it's a chosen transformation. That's why the Rebbe says one of the things that the Rambam wants to bring out is Yehuda. Yehuda are the ones that suffered the most. Yehuda are the ones that suffered the most because Yehuda, Yehuda has the, the biggest, uh, the, the, the most gullus. Yehuda, they went to the other side of Sambatian. Yehuda are the ones that will have the greatest gula, but everyone, everyone will take part in it. Zebra says even more than that. Even more than that. That's the idea of Yosef and Yehuda in the ultimate, as the Rebbe explains it, the two tkufas of the time of Mashiach. And which connects with Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben Yehuda, but there's the idea of Yosef preparing the world for Mashiach. The first Kufa, where the world is still the normal world, it just reaches its completion. Then there's Yehuda, which is the second Kufa of Yemais Mashiach. But there's also the idea that in the first Kufa, it's still connected to the world. In being connected to the world, you still have the idea that it has to make sense. Taking from the example of Tshuva, I no longer sin. Not only that, I'm forgiven for my sins. Not only that, maybe even I add in mitzvahs. But transforming the sin itself, transforming the world itself, that's Yehuda, that's something that doesn't make sense. And in the Tkufas of Yemaisa Mashiach, there's the first Tkufa, which means the world as we know it reaches its completion. There's the second kuf of Yemaisa Mashiach, which that's what the Rambam is bringing out. That the fast itself, the negativity itself is transformed and becomes the greatest gula. Not it's transformed because now we have gula, so now we're able to be happy. It, we bring out the point of the negativity itself, the point of the gulas itself. And the ultimate of what the lesson for us is that we can be in a time of gallus in a time of darkness. And it's not just that we are preparing for Mashiach. Not just we're hoping and we're trusting and we're having faith in the coming of Mashiach. But our job now, especially now, is that we have that power of seeing and finding and revealing in the darkness itself, in the fast itself, in the separation of Yosef and Yehuda, the separation of the kingdoms, in in all of these things, we have that power of revealing the ultimate of Yehuda, the ultimate of that transformation to the extent that that transformation takes through and brings with it even the time of now, even the Yosef time. Even the time of now when we have to have some type of connection to the world and some type of understanding of there's a bad and there's going to be good. But when we can live with that transformation, live with that ultimate idea of Yehuda, see it and bring it out in our lives, one which is not just, it's not an Elam Kimin Hagin Might Naig, it's a supernatural world. A world where there's no longer eating and drinking, a world which is, which is completely and totally uh, a world which is above, and yet, and yet, according to the same Rambam, not like the Ramban, 
it's neshamas begufim. is in this world, not spiritual worlds. We take it all together. In our world, we can reach the... We're in the physical world, and that physical world reaches its perfection of David Avdi Nasi Lahim La'ilam, even over the Yosef, and even over the Yosef of now. That we have that ultimate connection where everything is alakos, and where the Asara B'tevis itself brings out that ultimate idea of how everything is alakos, and every aspect of our lives we see in it that truth so we can see and open our eyes and see the actual Mashiach and Gola that we have here now. <laughs>